Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Think Big, Work Small with Game Changers, presented by SAP, the best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to shake up the status quo. In light of findings that 74% of all B2B and B2C buyers do their own research online before making a purchase, it's time for you to better understand how your customers make their purchasing decisions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. And welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the Game Changers, you know you're in the right place. It's Thursday. This is our second show today. We are so happy to be here on the Business Channel. This is, as the nice gentleman said, Think Big, Work Small with Game Changers. Let's see what the buzz is today. Oh, the buzz is a song, Fly Me to the Moon. Sorry if I hurt anybody's ears. That comes from lyrics from Bart Howard way back in 1954, performed most often by Frank Sinatra, the late great old Blue Eyes chairman of the board. I don't know who's on the board anymore, but he was. Here's what we're talking about. Cloud computing. You get it? Moon cloud. Cloud computing. Once the purview of IT professionals in high-tech fields is now ingrained in everything we do in our everyday lives. Think about your smartphone. Think about the apps. Think about online storage. Look around you. We are all, one way or another, have at least a toe in the cloud, if not the whole foot. Good news for the small to mid-size enterprise, the small to mid-size business owner. Guess what? Your business can also take advantage of all of the good stuff the cloud offers. Why would you want to do that? Well, think about being more productive. Think about being more efficient. Think about being more profitable. There's the dollar sign word. How can you do it? Well, as an old poem says, let me count the ways. I think it was, how do I love thee? Let me count the ways. We have a panel of three experts who are going to help us figure this out. Let me just tell you their names and what they do, and then we'll get started. First up, we're welcoming back Brian Moran, founder and CEO of Brian Moran, M-O-R-A-N, and Associates. He'll be joined on the panel today by David Oxer, O-C-H-S-E-R, an IT industry channel expert and consultant with a long history in the industry. And rounding out the panel is none other than Lorraine Maurice at SAP, who refers to herself as a modern marketer, and she is the sponsor of this brand new series, Think Big Work Small. So let me get started by introducing Brian Moran, and Brian has sent us a quote today, very interesting, from Dave Grohl of the Foo Fighters. Anybody who's truly been hiding under a rock, Dave Grohl, named David Eric Grohl, G-R-O-H-L, was born in 1969. He's an American rock musician, multi-instrumentalist, singer, songwriter, and producer. He's the former drummer of the grunge band Nirvana. Come on, you've heard of that. And the founder and frontman of the rock band Foo Fighters, of which he is the lead singer, one of three guitarists, and the primary songwriter. You can look him up and he read all the wonderful history. Here is the quote comes as somewhat of a surprise coming from Dave Grohl, and, and Brian Moran in a moment will explain how it relates to our topic. And I quote, A lot of the records you buy, there's nothing you can hold in your hand. It's all ones and O's. This digital cloud floating in the ether. But with analog albums, you can hold it in your hand. Brian Moran, we're waxing uh, Nirvana and, and uh, Foo Fighters here. How are you? I'm great, Bonnie. How are you doing? I'm fine, thank you. We have not had a quote from the Foo Fighters or from Dave Grohl ever on about a thousand shows. So tell me how Dave Grohl found his way into a show about small business. So I'm, I'm a big fan of music, uh, and uh, I'm working with my son, who's starting up his own uh, blog post, his own music company. And so we've bought recently probably a few hundred albums. 
And um, so it, it resonated with me in that um, whereas we're developing all of this technology to help our businesses run better, run simpler, uh, be, be um, more efficient, uh, it's, it's imperative to know that all of this is a means to an end and that don't lose sight of your goals. Um, you know, the, the idea of, of producing something or creating a service for somebody is going to help you achieve a strategic goal. Um, I, 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 I feel like a little bit Grohl captures that with his quote in that, you know, a lot of the technology is nothing that you can see in front of you. It's out, as he says, in the ether. But the idea of being old school, you know, with the albums, holding it in your hand, um, it, it, it's more tangible. And, and it reminds you of what, what it is you're trying to accomplish. So that let's was a talk very roundabout that. way it of was. saying I'm old school. <laughs> but it was good. And there's nothing wrong with old school. And I still think in my front hall closet, which I can barely get into once I open the door, I know there's mops and coats flying all around and suitcases. We know what those closets look like, especially in a small, a small apartment. Uh, Brian, there is a box of albums, LPs, mm. vinyl. I don't have anything from Foo Fighters, obviously, but sure, a lot of the old and great bands and rock and roll and, and singers probably have a couple of Sinatra in there. So so just quickly, how do you explain to somebody it's all ones and zeros and don't worry, it's real? And especially to our, our focus here today, Brian, as a small business owner anywhere in the world, how do you say to them, it's true, it's believable, it is tangible, even if poof, you can't see it, but it's going to do something good for you. How do you get them right. to accept that? Well, you have to show it in action. And I think that really is uh, important. And you may, you bring up a great point. And, and, and it's largely a generational situation. You know, somebody who's done business a certain way for so many years, now you're trying to tell them that, you know, all your on-premise computing is now going to be moved to a cloud. It's going to be safer, believe it or not. It's going to be more secure. You can access it from anywhere. There are all of these benefits, but it's actually getting them to make the jump. And, and this is true in, in companies of, of, you know, mostly small and even mid-sized businesses. But it's, there are a lot of them out there still that, that like to have something in front of them that they can see that's tangible. Uh, so you have to show it to them in action. You have to say, this is how it works, and this is, these are the benefits, you know, uh, to your business. And that's what we're here to do today. Thank you, Brian. Wonderful to have you back. And now I'd like to introduce a brand newcomer, new newcomer to Game Changers Radio. It's David Oxer, as I mentioned, O-C-H-S-E-R. He's an IT industry channel expert and consultant. And we are staying with the music business, interestingly enough, for David's quote. He picked it from Jerry Reed's Eastbound and Down, recorded for the soundtrack to the film, Smokey and the Bandit. Does anybody remember that? Uh, this is a song written by Jerry Reed and Dick Feller, recorded by Reed for the soundtrack of the film. It features Jerry Reed on lead vocal and vocalist Gordon Stoker of the Jordanaires on the harmony vocal. It's been 16 weeks on the U.S. country music charts, peaked at number two, and reached number three on the bubbling under Hot 100. I have no idea what that is. But Smokey and the Bandit was a 1977 American action comedy film starring Burt Reynolds, Sally Field, Jackie Gleason, Jerry Reed, Pat McCormick, Paul Williams, and Mike Henry. What an interesting, and it was a directorial debut of stuntman Hal Needham. It sparked and inspired three other Smokey and the Bandit movies. Here's the quote Dave has selected. 
We're going to do what they say can't be done. We've got a long way to go and a short time to get there. David Oxer, welcome. How are you? Well, I'm doing great. Thank you. And that was, uh, I actually learned a little something, so that was kind of (laughs) nice. (laughs) I'm so glad you did. Now, I have to ask you, are you a big fan of Jerry Reed's, or do you keep copies of the uh, DVDs of uh, Smokey and the Bandit lining the shelves of your office, or talk to me? To be honest with you, I'm a a product of the 70s. I'm a huge car guy. Um, I saw Smokey and the Bandit and have seen Smokey and the Bandit probably a thousand times. Uh, Burt Reynolds actually sold one of his car, one of the, the, the actual stunt movie car, uh, here in January in Scottsdale, and I was, uh, pleased to be on the stage with Burt. So, uh, it's kind of a long time dream, but, uh, I think it's, uh, it, it is a very moving movie at 17 years old, being a teenager, just getting your license, and then as you grow older, you start to look at things in a different perspective, and this quote, believe it or not, has stood out in the business world for me for probably 15, 20 years. Wow, very, very interesting. So tell me something. Let's relate that to our topic today, which is think big, work small. The focus is on small to mid-sized businesses all over the world and dipping your toe or dipping your wings into the cloud. What do you think? Well, you know, it's funny. If you just take the first part of that quote, and it's always been, uh, for me, that means innovation, right? We're going to do what they say can't be done. That is the way of the world, especially in a technology business, right? Whether it be cloud computing, uh, whether it be uh, any type of innovative activity, innovative app in an app store, any type of uh, Internet program that comes out that's innovative. You know, if you look back and you look back a year or two years or three years or even five years, uh, you would say, how do I even do that? I, I didn't even, I, I couldn't even uh, you know, contemplate that type. So when I look back, I always say, you know, I always try and push the bubble. I want to do, if someone says, well, we've never done that or we don't know how to do that or we don't think it exists, with innovation it could be done. And then the second part for me is all around timeliness, right? We've got a long way to go and a short time to get there. What that means to me is that competition is out there every day. Uh, every day, whether you're a reseller, whether you're a supplier, whether you're a distributor, uh, you're trying to innovate and you're trying to lead because lead gets you, you know, the right, in the right mindset. You're, you're a leader in the industry. It, in, it equates to profit. It equates to new customers. So it's funny how a movie, an innocent movie line or two lines like that, <laughs> really can apply to pretty much to me. You know, I like to tie those things back to business and have a little fun while I'm doing it. Well, that's what we're all about is conversation and business and having a little fun. And thank you for the good spirit, Dave Oxer. Pleasure to meet you. Am I calling you Dave or David? Who do you want to be? I will answer to anything, but uh, Dave works great for this, this, this uh, segment. Thank you so much. And now let me bring on Lorraine Maurice, who refers to her as a modern marketer. Let me see. I've got her bio down here somewhere. She is a results-oriented leader with an impressive track record in communications. And Lorraine, what's your current title before I bring you on with your quote? It is a Senior Director of Global Indirect Channels at SAC. Okay. I'm going to put that in. So Lorraine has picked a a classic to quote. It's Albert Einstein. You all know 1879 to 1955, German-born theoretical physicist who developed the theory of relativity, one of two 
pillars of modern physics alongside of quantum mechanics. And interestingly enough, uh, he's best known for the E equals MC squared, which happens to be dubbed the world's most famous equation. There's a little bit of side trivia for you. And here is the quote Lorraine has selected from Albert Einstein. Everything should be made as simple as possible, but not simpler. I love that quote, Lorraine. How are you? I am fabulous. How are you today, Bonnie? I'm well, thank you. Happy to be here with you and your wonderful other panelists, including you. So, Lorraine, are, do you uh, look up good quotes from Albert Einstein often, or did this one just happen to land in your lap? Well, I was looking up hairstyles, and, and his came up. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> uh, That's easy. a good one. However, yeah. however yeah. um, I was thinking about quotes for different um, opportunities and presentations. And this one stuck out to me because sometimes everybody's like, oh, kiss, keep it simple. And sometimes that's not the best option. It's really about being the best and finding the best solution. So I look at this quote, and I keep it on my bulletin board because it reminds me to keep it simple, but understanding the process that's the simplest. And the answer that you get to may not be, you know, the most simple, but it's the right solution. So taking the best op- options to make something happen. So that, that's how I chose it. It, it. it may sound a little complicated, but when I thought about the topic today, um, some of our listeners may think that cloud is, you know, it may, may be difficult or it may be scary or it may be not as simple as they think. And, and that may be true. However, when they look at the, the business need or the opportunity that it could bring them every single day, it, it may be the right solution. So although it may be a little challenging to get started, it may be the simplest opportunity to make things right. Thank you, Lorraine. Very eloquently put. I always, when I see this quote, I always think everything should be made as simple as possible. Okay, means get it down to, I would say, the nuts and bolts or the bits and bytes or the ones and zeros going back to the quote that Brian sent us, uh, but then not simpler. So I guess there has to be a level at which you say, you got to learn how to do this. We, if we oversimplify it, we'll destroy it or we won't get you to the right place in the right amount of time. Do you agree with that, that there's just so much you can do to simplify and then you have to work, Lorraine? You have to do the work to understand what's going on and what you, the benefits are, especially with the cloud? That, 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 that's an exact ex- explanation of it. It takes time, it takes energy, um, and it takes uh, perseverance. Sometimes the, the first time, well, you know, if you pick an application or pick a solution, it, it may not be the best one. So that that's part of the kind of, if we were going to use Einstein, uh, it's part of the hypothesis in, in making the plan that works best for you. So uh, what you said is exactly on target. It, you have to understand all the observations in the equation and then pick the right one. Thank you very much. I, you don't always have to agree with me, but I'm happy when you do. Thank you, Lorraine. <laughs> and now let's circle back to Brian Moran. I know he's waiting to tell me what's in his cup right now or what he's planning to drink later on when he helps his son with his blog. So, Brian, regale us with your, your sense of humor and with your personal story. What's in your cup today? Plain, good old-fashioned water. Ah, uh, you. Yeah. You know, and, and that kind of follows uh, Lorraine's comments. Uh Sometimes the best choices are the simplest ones. But, uh, yeah, just water to stay hydrated during the day. I'm happy to know that. Is it cold, room temperature? Is it in a big cup? Is it in a bottle? Does it have a flavor? Come on, Brian, give me a little more. Cold cold in about 20 ounces. Ooh. And, and, yeah. 
Okay, you're healthy and you're strong and you're hydrated. Good to know. <laughs> David Oxer, you have anything uh, more interesting than water? Although we love water on this show. But, David, what are you drinking? I do. I, uh, I actually bought a soda stream years ago, probably four or five oh. years ago. So yeah. I keep a liter bottle of uh, carbonated water in my refrigerator. And just before the show, I ran out uh, next to my pool. I have a grapefruit tree, so I picked the grapefruit, squeezed the grapefruit in there, put a packet of stevia, and I am raring to go. Wow, fresh grapefruit. I'm Is that something? <laughs> now tell me, are these pink grapefruits or the yellow grapefruit? Do you have a variety or you bought the tree and whatever it puts out, that's what you got? What, what do you? I, I have I, pink grapefruits. I have pink grapefruits. Wow. Oh, I think we're a little bit jealous here. Probably does not compare to what you get in the supermarket. Lorraine, no, what do you do? No, and, and how do you like the soda stream, by the way, Dave? I love it. I swear by it. I think it's a, the greatest innovation for see i like carbonation i'm not a big sugar mm-hmm. guy but i have to have carbonation i could drink water but if it's carbonated i'll drink you know liters of it and and that's why i love that love the device and can you just tell me in, in two sentences how does it work what do you do with it so it, it basically it's uh it's a device it's got a co2 cartridge in it so when you buy it you get two one liter bottles so you, you fill a, a bottle about three quarters of the way up with water you screw it into the bottom of the machine, and there's a handle that you pull. And when you pull it, it injects carbon dioxide into the water. and it makes this belching sound. It means it's done. So you <laughs> unscrew it, put the cap on it, and you've got carbonated water. It wow. is fantastic. Very, very interesting. Lorraine, I won't ask you to beat that one. That's a first for our show. So what are you drinking, Ms. Maurice? <laughs> if I'm not as self-sufficient either. I'm actually drinking a spinach smoothie. It, uh... And it, too, is simple because it not only is, is healthy, but is also acting at lunch, as a lunch. So it, it, it's kind of uh, killing two birds with one stone. And we want your recipe, spinach, and what else to make a smoothie? Okay, you ground your spinach, then you freeze it in ice cube, uh, little ice cube containers. And then you put the spinach in with some pineapple juice, a little bit of mango, and protein powder. Blend it all up, and you've got a, a nice meal replacement. That sounds really, really good. Brian, what do you think about that? Would you be willing to try that in place of water one day? Uh, absolutely. I'll give it a shot. <laughs> I'm open to anything. And Dave Oxer, would you put a little carbonation in that? <laughs> I would certainly do my best to try and make that happen. <laughs> I bet you would. Well, they all want Lorraine knows and Brian knows. Dave doesn't know me well enough, but they don't let me have any caffeine on radio show days. And this is our second show today. So for me, it's just cool, clear water. But I did substitute for the green straw. We did a show about finance yesterday. And I thought in honor of finance, a green straw for money. However, right now, because it's gray and a little bit rainy here in New York, I've got a yellow straw in hopes that the sun will come back. And we'll just leave it at that. Yes, the rain dance with the yellow straw. Go away rain bring back sun so here we are think big work small with game changers good lively start to our conversation with brian moran david oxer lorraine maurice i'm bonnie d graham we're going to take a quick break so don't even think of touching that mouse that app that dial we will be right back justin out when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network Studies have shown that buyers in today's digital economy are spending more time online than ever before, discovering and researching products and services. As a result, it is critical for businesses like yours to learn how to locate and engage with prospects and customers in this digital space. 
Think Big, Work Small with Game Changers explores the impact of changing digital economy on small to medium-sized businesses. We'll define the challenges SMEs face to proactively connect with buyers on their digital journey and share proven strategies to put into action to be successful. Tune in to hear the experiences and insights of top sales and marketing thought leaders and practitioners as they discuss how the digital economy is reshaping the SME business world. Think Big, Work Small, presented by SAP, every Thursday on the Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Think Big, Work Small with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Think Big, Work Small with Game Changers. Yes, indeed. We are thinking big. We're hoping you're working small and very successfully. Our topic today is Cloud9 and your SME business. Ready, set, go. Fly me to the moon. See what the cloud has to offer. Our interesting panel, our very smart panel today is Brian Moran, David Oxer, and Lorraine Maurice. And we're going to kick off the roundtable with something very, its I wouldn't even say provocative. I think it's just a, a reality check for small businesses from Brian Moran. He says, growing entrepreneurial companies usually have a finite amount of resources. Don't guess when it comes to success. Follow the tailors. And by the way, Brian, this is also the carpenter's rule. Measure mm-hmm. twice, cut once, right? So I happen to know some carpenters. So Brian, talk to us. Measure twice, cut once. How does this relate to the cloud and our small business audience? Well, it, it, whenever you're introducing new technology uh, to your business, um, you, you want to make sure that it's scalable, that it's flexible, that it's going to meet your most important needs in business. Uh, so, you know, you go to companies like SAP, whether it's SAP Anywhere, Business One, Concor, or their other, you know, cloud-based products, and do homework, you know, on, on what they have to provide what their features are and what their benefits are to your company and how that will specifically help you get to where you want to go. If you remember earlier in the conversation, I talked about technology is nothing more than a means to an end. So for different companies, it's going to mean different things. And so you have to do homework before you have these conversations with companies like SAP. You need to know what your business requires in order to get to the next level and without doing that homework it can be a very very expensive lesson if you buy the wrong product that's not scalable it doesn't really meet your needs uh, and it, it won't be relevant in 12 months Thank you, Brian. Dave Oxer, let's see. You agree with these words of wisdom? And we're not going to do any promotions here, just in general, when you're looking at the cloud, buying the cloud. Going back to Lorraine's quote, very aptly selected from Einstein, keep it simple, but not simpler than it needs to be. What's your thought on measure twice, cut once? Brian, um, yeah. uh, David, David Oxer. Bonnie, I think, Brian, I think you nailed it. Uh, being a small business owner, my wife owns a small retail shop. And it's absolutely critical that you do your homework and do your research because those business decisions that you make, you may have to live with them for, you know, some extended period of time, depending upon the contract. As an example, we had a lease, a new POS system, 
Well, we had to make sure that our software worked and our scales worked and everything worked. If we had just done a, you know, measured ones, cut ones, and that scale didn't work, we would have had a big problem and had a contract issue. Uh, so we did our due diligence. The other thing I think is really important, and I can't stress this enough, there's some great cloud applications out there. I mean, we've got some phenomenal ones that we've employed, and, and we're pretty much, you know, I would say, leading edge. You've got to look at all the costs, right? I mean, the subscription cost may be one thing at $20 a month, but what does maintenance cost you? And when is it 7 by 24 support? And if it's 8 by 8, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m., but your retail application, your retail office runs from noon to 9, and you can't get support, and you've got customer issues or register issues, it could be a big problem. So you really, you know, I can't stress this enough, what, what Brian says, you've really got to get under the hood and look and make sure that everything really lines up to your business model. Thank you very much. Lorraine Maurice, love to have you talk about how smart you have to be measured twice, cut once. Well, these are some of the words right out of my mouth, and, and so did Brian. And I think the word homework is, is perfect. You know, and it, it does go back to the quote, but it's really about exploring your options and your end goal. And I think that's what the cloud brings to a small business is a way to explore options without large investments that once they're made, you can't change them. So unlike in a large enterprise where, oops, we made a million-dollar mistake, yeah, you can bury it. I hate to say it like that, right? But we all know mm-hmm. that happens sometimes. You know, um, in, in a small business, you can't bury that mistake. It, it could be devastating. So this is almost the ability to do your homework, actually test some things, do a little trial and error, and find out what's right for you and the people on your team. So, so I have to agree that um, everybody should do the homework, but that the cloud allows you to do that homework. Very interesting. Brian, I'm going to circle back to you. Any thoughts on what David and Lorraine have added to your talking point? Yeah, both very you know cogent thoughts in that um, you know if you simply jump into it or, or don't do your homework, it's going to cost you somewhere down the road because you know I always tell business owners to play the what if game. What if this mm-hmm. happens or what if that happens? Just trying to you know break out the crystal ball and look into the future. Where do you want your company to be three years from now or five years from now? Okay, great. You want to triple in size. You want to open new locations. You want to maybe do business internationally. Does the technology that you have in place right now allow you to achieve those objectives? If not, what do you need? Now, without maybe you don't know what technology is available to you, but then start writing down the things that you want the technology to do and then go out and ask the questions. Well, you know, can you do this or that? Um and 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 then you'll be able to figure out what uh, what uh, technology is the right one for you, or what technology is right for you. One other quick point too: don't do it sure. alone. If if you don't know, uh, you know much about it. Most most business owners know about the product or service that they offer, but they don't know. I, I run into too many of them that don't know financials, don't know IT, don't know um, selling, and so. Mm-hmm. If it's a weak area for you, make sure you hire strong. Make sure that the person that you hire to help you run your IT department or your IT partner is, you know, able to look at your situation and make recommendations based on their knowledge and their expertise. That goes a long way. 
Great advice on getting the right team in place. Thank you, Brian. I'm going to turn to something I think you set me up for, I believe, a really nice segue with some notes from David Oxer. David, I'm formal. I'm going back to David. You're not Dave anymore. You're David. You know, you'll, <laughs> okay. You'll talk to me. I decided I have to respect that. So, David, you mentioned in your notes customer satisfaction and employee satisfaction go hand in hand. That's where I'm segueing from Brian's comments about if you don't know something, bring the right people on board. And let me just read here. David Oxer says, if the business owner feels that technology is right for the business, then the only way it will be successfully adopted, and that's a key word there, adopted, is if the owner is all in and each employee understands the value of the solution, how the solution benefits the business, how it benefits them as an employee, and ultimately how it benefits the customer. That's a full circle. That's a big loop. So, David, why don't you take us through some of the pieces of that, please? Yeah, I'll start by a couple of my favorite things. So, you know, being an being a tech guy and being working for Fortune 100 and you know Fortune 50 companies and, and being in tech for so many years, you know, married 30, 29 years to my wife who owns a small business. She's a little, she's a very very small proprietor, um, but she's got employees and she's got systems and she has all that and she's not technical. So I'm kind of her back end. I call her I'm, I'm the ops guy. But I also do, uh, I'm, I'm an integral part of the hiring and firing. And what I say is, the first thing I say to my employee, my potential employees, I said, we have two kinds of employees that work for our business, successful and new. Which ones do you want to be? Because I think it's important to ensure success, you've got ha- to be able to show and tie that back to the employee. Let me give you an example. So in a retail environment, our girls, when somebody comes in the store, Hi, how are you today? How is everything? Uh, we try and engage in a dialogue. When that customer sees the whole experience from end to end, when they pay for their product, um, when they interface with our girls, there's a technology on the back end that's driving that. And that technology is whether on Friday nights we know that we need a really strong um, uh, employee to, or, or two or three to handle the, the influx of customers we have because we don't want them to wait, we have an automatic scheduler that actually goes in and says between 7 and 9 is our busiest time. We need our strongest people there, but yet between 2 and 3 when school lets out, we might need some strong period. But other than that, we could use just a regular old employee. I don't mean that in a derogatory <laughs> sense. So regular we balance. old employee. <laughs> okay. We balance, and I think that's important, is that use yes. the technology to leverage and drive your business, but make sure you've got the right technology and, and make sure your employees know why you're making the decisions that you're making. Very aptly put, David, and I'm, I'm thinking of a very large retailer who shall remain unnamed so I can protect my life and limb, but it never fails that um, what, what those of us in my area here on Long Island think is peak shopping period, which could be Friday night at 6 o'clock or 8 mm-hmm. o'clock. If you don't have anything else to do, you go in there and you just look and shop and find Yes, they're big and they're very well known. Or on a Saturday, and the more customers piling up in that aisle where all they keep all the tchotchkes, you know, on the, the long journey to the cash register, 12 cash register stations in some stores, 19 in others, and it never fails. There are no more than three or four employees working the registers. You end up waiting 20, 30 minutes online. Some of us just put the merchandise back and go home. Wouldn't you yeah. think, as a big company, Dave, couldn't they benefit from the kind of scheduling simplicity you just described for your wife's business? Absolutely. There's no question about it. And again, you've, you know, there's a couple of philosophies. I, I talked to about the successful and new. 
the other philosophy, and I've, I've run that through my business career when I've, I've had many, many people working for me over the years. The other thing I employ is hire hard, manage easy. So make sure up front you talk to your potential employees and say, look, this is what our business dynamics looks like. And I need you to work Sundays, and I need you to work Saturdays. And, you know, the problem that you're seeing, Bonnie, is very it, – it's consistent across all businesses. I see it in my business because, you know, we employ teenagers. So the teenager might have a date Friday night and says, oh, I'm just going to call in sick and doesn't really mm-hmm. understand what the impact of that business decision was. Yep. So we always have, you know, we have a backstop and a game plan to, to hire for that. But a lot of these companies, the managers and the, the business owners of those companies, they can't see that. They just say, hey, i got to cover costs, and I can only put, you know, three employees a day. But they don't look at the track record. I could go back and tell you when my employees clock in, when they clock out, when they're late, when they call in sick. And I run a report. I run an analytics report that will tell me that Friday night, 60% of the time this girl doesn't call in, she calls in sick because she's got a date. So I don't want to schedule her. I'll schedule her on Tuesdays. So that's the way I look at the business, more from an analytical standpoint. And I think if more business owners or managers, even at big companies, were able to get that reporting out of the system, uh, they'd make much better business decisions. And it would actually drive the business so you wouldn't have to wait in line. Uh, although that could be a strategy, right? I know it's a strategy I for me. Know. I love looking at all the tchotchkes, but sometimes I want to get in and out. A half hour. Okay, thank you very much, Lorraine. We'd love to hear your thoughts on, well, what we're just talking about with David. Go ahead. Yes, um, I'd like to take it through in a little different stream, if that's okay, because not all small businesses have a a spouse like Dave. And, you know, the points he made about data and understanding your business are obviously critical, especially in this time where profits are slim in, in most cases. So I bring it back to to marketing and the, the fact that, and, and even the cloud, the fact that you need to um, explore. And most business decisions today are made online, um, whether you're looking at IDC or Forrester, um, 60 to 90%, depending on which analyst you're looking at, say that the buyer uses online research to make their buying decisions. Now, that doesn't mean that the salesperson, the organization isn't necessary, but what it does mean is that when you're making your buying decisions, there are a lot of resources available to you online, and it goes back to our earlier conversation about homework and utilizing, you know, the online opportunities to put your thought process together on how to best run your business. And then to take that to a second point, it also goes to how to make sure that your business can be found to others that are making business decisions. So making sure that you're online, that your website is optimized, that you're using the right, you know, that you have the right search engine words or really intentions, or your audience intent um, scoped out so that people can find you. So I like to go back to saying not all of us are technical. I say to myself, uh, and I've been in technology my whole career, that, you know, I I market technology, I don't use it. However, I do use it because being online, utilizing the tools and resources available, especially in today's day, are, are critical to business success. So look for consultants, look for people to help you, but also do your homework and use the online tools available. Thank you, Lorraine. Very well put. And I I like the reference to what you do and your approach to all of that. Brian Moran, we'd love to have your 
10 cents worth or $20 worth, whatever you want to put on the table uh, from what, what David started. And we talked about customer satisfaction and employee satisfaction, using tools and using them well. What's your thought, Brian? Uh, you know, uh, and, and Dave made a very good point in the importance of each employee understanding the value of the solution that you're bringing into the business. You know, it's that whole onboarding process that I'll focus on for this part of my answer is, um, you know, it's like great ideas remain great ideas until somebody executes them. You know, so it's technology as good as it can be is is only beneficial to the business owner when it's implemented into the business and it's used correctly and effectively. And I know that that, that is a that's a, a big issue, right? Is is getting people to buy into the solution, especially change. You know, sometimes sometimes employees just like things as they were, the status quo. And right. if they don't if they don't share your passion for moving your business to the next level, and they're not going to buy in. And, you know, the bigger the company, the more issues you could have with this because now all of a sudden you have different departments. I don't play on one. I, I play on one team, but I don't play. I don't feel like like we're all one team. You know what I mean? There's sales, there's marketing, there's IT, there's HR, and we have these silos that we've built. And so somebody else is introducing technology that they're kind of force feeding me. I don't think I'm going to buy into it right now. So that's a critical issue is the onboarding process and, and explaining to your employees how this technology is going to help everybody run uh, run simpler, run, run more efficiently, run more effectively. Um, but if you don't have their buy-in, like, you know, you give your speech mm-hmm. and then you walk away and, and they turn to each other and they say, uh-uh, you know, we're not using this. We, you know, just hold on to the old system until – you know, and then we just, you know, three months from now, we'll tell them the new system didn't work. You know, that, that, that's, that's a, that's, that can be a real big issue for growing entrepreneurial companies. Absolutely. And that's, thank you for bringing that up. Lorraine, go ahead. I hear you. I, I apologize. Yeah, no, what, both Brian and Dave bring up great points. Uh, my brother, who's also an entrepreneur with about 500 employees across the U.S., just had to implement a new system regarding his personal payroll. And he's in, in, a, in a music lesson business. And he has increased employee satisfaction so much by his team knowing how they're getting paid and when they're getting paid and putting the control in their hands that he's actually seen an increase in revenue, new students for the organization. So I think that, that they both make such valid points about not only the infrastructure, but that the employees, the collaboration, completely rolls over into the success of the whole business. Well put. And I, I wanted to circle back to David Oxer, who started this point. David, any advice coming from the perspective of hands-on helping your wife work with her business? You mentioned some teens who were working in her in your wife's small company, small store, uh, might regularly have dates on Friday nights so you don't schedule them. But how do you inculcate into their mindsets that – this is a business. It's not a well, place to I'll, hang out. I'll, I'll, give you a, I'll give you a great story, Bonnie. Please. So, yeah. as I said, Nancy and I are married a very long time. And, you know, as anything, you know, the store, there are challenges with the store. And, you know, sometimes you take that home personally and professionally. And, you know, it doesn't make for a good Friday night to go out for dinner not knowing that your store is not left in, you know, in good hands. So one of the things we did is we put, and it was around scheduling, 
and it was around scheduling when Nancy would put her automated schedule out and everybody turned in their, their request for days off the week before, well, somebody always changed and nobody would, nobody would switch with somebody and it really created a lot of stress. So we created a social scheduling package. And what that does is basically when Nancy puts a schedule out and everybody put their days that they want to work in, if somebody had a conflict, they had to resolve that amongst themselves. So they went to a social scheduling site that we had, and it's up to the employees to resolve the problem. If they can't work Friday night, you can't have that off unless you find somebody to backfill for you. So it's worked out really well because what happens is if, let's say, you send me a note that I can't work Friday night and nobody else works for you with, with you, well, when that next person wants that Friday off, it just gets into this contentious environment, but there's always one or two that want more hours, and there's always one or two that your star employees, and those are the ones that we really try and take advantage of, and I say take advantage in a positive way and give them what they need and give them the flexibility to have. But I think it's important, when I said this very early on, you got to have the employees adopt the technology, and if you make yeah. it easy for them and you put something in that's a collaborative tool that doesn't have the, you know, the management watching you uh, and they resolve it amongst themselves, it certainly takes a lot of stress and burden off the plate. So I would say, you know, put some sort of a social uh, program together where the employees can work amongst themselves to resolve problems versus bubble them up to the management. Thank you, David. And, and question for you. Technology is cool for kids. The kids I think you're talking about in the age range, I believe you and your wife are employing, they cut their teeth on this. They know this. They walk around with mobility is their middle name. Apps are their friends. They can't get enough. So do you think there's an advantage to a business owner? Maybe an older person starts a business and has to employ teenagers or we'll say late-edge millennials in the business because the kids already love technology. Yeah. So is that an advantage saying we've got this program based in the cloud and let's all get excited about this social yeah. scheduling. Do you think that's a good thing? I, so it's a double-edged sword, I would tell you. I'd say, it's, okay. first off, it's fantastic because they adopt the technology very quickly. The biggest problem we have is to tell our employees when they clock in, their cell phones need to be in the back and out of sight and not texting uh, when, in, when a customer comes to the store looking for assistance. So it kind of works as a double-edged sword. Do I love having young kids in my store that adopt technology quickly? You betcha. But at the same point in time, we are diligent, and we have Internet cameras to watch and make sure that they're doing the first job first, mm. which is adjusting the customer, and not texting with their friends and things like that. It's a, it's a, by the way, I think it's a whole new segment because that is a big problem that we see with millennials right now. Their work ethic is very good, but it's very different. Very yeah. different. Go ahead, Lorraine. I was going to get to sorry. you next, please. Sorry, sorry. It, it is different, but what's interesting is I think it also can be reciprocal. So um, uh, the movie The Intern with uh, our mm -hmm. friend Robert De Niro yeah. from New York. I Great think a movie. lot of us from there. Oh, Great yes. movie. But, but the, the, the wisdom that comes from age um, and experience is incredible, but the, the energy and innovation that comes from youth is invaluable, um, and to find a balance between the two uh, makes for an incredible um, operation, especially if everybody is open-minded and, and works together. So it, it, it's, it's a fascinating dynamic to put the millennial it, it and, and experienced person and together. 
Lorraine, that could be, as David suggested, it could be another segment. But for right now, I'd like to go to, I'm looking at your notes, Lorraine, and you've taken the word collaboration. We've talked about the customer and the employee and making sure everybody's, the employees are on board, what's good for the customer, good for the employee. But you've taken that to another level. I'm looking at your notes and you say cloud allows the business to have better collaboration. Okay, and Lorraine adds, like a Fortune 500 firm operates, cloud allows a small business to keep clients informed as well as what we've been talking about, keep team members on task and keep mobile workers functional and effective throughout the day. So let's do away with keeping team members on task. I think we've we talked about that enough, Lorraine. Let's talk about how cloud lets your small business keeps your clients and let's say your prospects informed. Let's talk about perhaps extending it to suppliers and also mobile workers, people out in the field. So Lorraine, why don't you give us an overview of this? So let's just start I'll use the word simply again. Yes. Many small businesses don't even know that they're using the cloud. And I think that's probably one of the first things that they need to recognize is that when they have websites, if they're using any of the Google apps, they're using the cloud. And so by using the cloud and having technology as a great equalizer for a small business to a fortune company, tools such as applications that we've discussed, um, website and making sure your website is optimized with search engine optimization really can drive performance. And so that allows collaboration, as you talked about, to, to your customers. Because um, when your customers look at your website, it's part of that assurance that they're making the right decision on where they spend their money. And so if you've chosen to use the right application, the right look and feel, the right messaging, all that allows you the, the right functionality, you know, that your website is functional, can take information, can provide links to, to further information. That gives a sense of, of sorry, I lost my word. But it gives, us, it gives <laughs> the end user a, a sense of, of that they're making the right choice. And so this is part of what, what happens. The other thing is it saves time. So if you have systems and tools in place, applications in place that allow you to work with your supplier, let's say on inventory, then that takes, that's a time saving that increases your profits by allowing you to do something else. And then finally, it does talk about the mobile solutions. Your, your website and anything you produce needs to be seen on a mobile phone and a mobile application on, on a tablet. That's, that's where the future is going to. I think Brian talked about that on a past show. And so it's critical to a business, especially one that is competing with a larger size enterprise company, that they have these technologies in place in order to provide a, 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 a foundational level for their customers, um, for their suppliers, and even for the other people they do business with, that they are secure and that they have a, a sense of business balance that is going to not only be here today but in the future. Thank you, Lorraine. Very interesting. And let's bring Brian Moran into this part of the conversation. Brian, thoughts on this extended collaboration, we'll call it. Yeah, I, uh, Lorraine is 100% correct, you know, for, for you know, the, those small business owners that don't even realize that they're doing business in the cloud, you know, that, that it's just kind of a new way that they are doing business, but not, you know, actually realizing it. The bottom line is for, for the large majority of the small business owners who are going to be moving from on-premise to the cloud, the two 
most important and simplest reasons are safety and storage. You know, that you have access to your, because a lot of these same small business owners that still have on-premise, uh, you know, all their computing is done on-premise, mm-hmm. they're not backing it up properly, a large majority of them. You know, I, I, I don't believe so. I think, you know, you still see somebody who has the external hard drive, but they keep it right next to their computers so that if there's a fire, it does no good that you backed up your, your information but left it in the building that was on fire. Um and security, though, there, there, are, there are so many reasons for businesses to bring their business to the cloud. So many benefits, so many features that I think this is probably, you know, two years from now, we won't be having this conversation anymore. I think it'll just be assumed that that most mm-hmm. of, of your of your work is being done in the cloud. Just it, it, that's the only way you're going to be able to stay in business, quite frankly. Absolutely. And you just introduced us to our crystal ball predictions round, which is about a minute and a half away. So we're just going to hold that thought. Thank you, Brian. Dave Oxer, I have a question for you. David, what's the name of your wife's yogurt company? So my wife's yogurt company is called Cherry on Top Gourmet Frozen Yogurt in Scottsdale, Arizona. I just found her on LinkedIn, and uh, the business name on LinkedIn is Cherry on Top Frozen Yogurt, so I'm going to make a tweet here. Is, does she have a handle for that on Twitter? Or uh, You know, you, you could. Uh, she doesn't, but Cherry on Top AZ or Cherry on Top at the Summit in Scottsdale. She's on Facebook as well. All right, I will make sure we do that. Just want to do a shout-out. I'm going to give you about one minute, David, please, to comment on what Lorraine talked about and what Brian added to regarding extended collaboration through cloud. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I think it's imperative. You, you have to have it, especially when you're, you're running a business such as ours or, or Nancy's more or less. You know, we're what we call a cup-based business, and we make, our, we make our profit 49 cents an ounce. What that means is the dynamics of the business when you look at 150 customers a day, 3,100 customers a month, you know, certain types of product that's sold, and we have to be on that every single day. And because of the product that we have, it's not a product you could buy locally. We have our own dairy in Southern California. So this week on Saturday, it's going to be 119 degrees. So we have to balance, okay, we got to get a truck out of Southern California through the desert mm. to deliver us our product because we're going to be super busy this weekend. So when you look at collaboration, it's very important that you look at past trends, current sales, and you look a little bit into the future. And you have to have a site that is uh, innovative, is up, and this is really important, is up 7 by 24. Just because, and when you look at Arizona, we're a little funky, right? We don't change our time zone. So right now we're on mm-hmm. Pacific time zone. We'll come to fall, we're going to be on mountain. So that messes up with all of our suppliers. So for us to be able to have a collaboration tool that allows us to go in any time and say, hey, I need a truck or I need this, or more importantly, my distributor's out, i got to go source something internally. If you don't have those collaboration tools and you don't have some sort of a cloud-based structure, I use cloud in a generic sense, you have to be connected. And you got to be connected with the critical parts of your business. As an example, my, my accounting piece, I have my accountant do it. I send them all my stuff. I don't do QuickBooks. I'm not an accountant, but I'm a sales and marketing guy. So my business runs very, very well in a collaborative environment in the cloud from a marketing piece. So I would say to a business owner, whatever your strengths are, play off those and leverage those and drive that business. The other ones, let somebody else handle that. Uh, but it's really important that, that you do it in a collaborative mode and, and, and you're, you're very 
proactive in, in the way you go about marketing the business. Thank you very much, David. And we are now almost halfway through our predictions round. So I'm going to let Lorraine go first because I was going to go back to you anyway for this topic. So, Lorraine, I can give you 60 seconds for predictions. How far in the future, what will change? We've already had quite a few interesting predictions on the show, but why don't you give us your favorite one? 60 seconds, predictions, Lorraine Morisco. Well, I'm using one that I found from the Small Business Administration and also Intuit, which is a, an application provider. And that's that 30%... 37% of the U.S. small businesses have adapted to the cloud today, but in the next, by 2020, it'll be 78%. 2020 is less than six years away. So my prediction is get, get online, get mobile, get on the cloud. Wow. So that's by 2020. Is that what you said? 78% of small businesses will adapt to the cloud. Is that, is that right? Yes. Yes. Fully operational okay. on the cloud, yes. Be operational on the cloud. All right. We're going to tweet that one. Thank you very much. Brief and to the point. She left a little extra time for you, Brian Moran. I can give you a full 60 seconds now. Uh, So my prediction is that through uh, the implementation of cloud-based technology, that more small business owners uh, will be doing business internationally, that it's going to open them up to new possibilities and uh, capabilities that along with social media i think you'll see the number of small businesses who do business internationally triple by 2020 wow triple that's interesting do you think they'll have to do it or they'll want to do it brian they'll be forced because of global competition globalization new markets opening up or it's just going to happen organically all of the above. I, I think, you know, sourcing uh, products, uh, you know, for your business. I think finding, you know, new licensing opportunities and distributors and customers. I think it's just a, it, so it'll, it'll be a combination. I think global competition is going to force American-based businesses to look internationally to find more customers. And then I think there'll be a healthy um, dose of organic growth, meaning that people found you on Twitter or LinkedIn or Facebook or whatever the next iteration of social media will be, and uh, they want your product. Thank you very much. Give me that prediction again. By 2020, three times more small businesses will be doing business globally and in the cloud, or are we just going to go with globally? Uh, I, I think I think the number cloud-based is is what Lorraine said. You'll, you, you have to be by 2020. I think it'll be higher than 80%. Thank you. I've got to give 60 seconds here, barely to David Oxer. Predictions. David, 45 seconds. Go. You know, Bonnie, I don't know that I have predictions, but I do can tell you this. The cloud's not a static model. If your business today and you don't know where you want to take your business and what your business, where it needs to go, you need to get a hold of somebody and talk to somebody that's, that you admire, somebody that you think is a leader in their field, and pick their brain. Find out what they're doing. Find out what they like. Find out what they don't like. Because if you're not a leader and your competition is, it's a great going out of business strategy. And I don't think anybody should have a great going out of business strategy. They should have a great going for business strategy. So I love get out that. there and network. 
Dave Oxer, give Nancy our regards. Dave Oxer, pleasure to meet you. Brian Moran, always wonderful to have you on a panel. Lorraine Maurice, keep up the good work. Great topic, good panelist, excellent panelist, good conversation. Can't wait to hear what your next topic and panel will be two weeks from today. Here's Maya, everybody who tweeted, thank you very much. We're tweeting at hashtag SAP Radio. And a shout out to Justin, our engineer at World Talk Radio, for keeping us on the air. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and here is my call to action Fasten your seatbelt. Or just go out and design a brand new one. Maybe it's time. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Think Big, Work Small with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again Thursdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.